It was a less than 30 second story of me saying, one about how I had procrastinated so long about gift wrapping and I was in the floor of my closet and I was binge watching Emily in Paris. Like this was my Sunday or whatever day of the week it was. I had several people, I actually had this one woman reach out to me and say, oh my gosh, I felt so seen when you talked about gift wrapping, you're, you know, and you were binge watching Emily in Paris. So it doesn't have to be this like crafted thing. It could just be these throwaway comments that help your audience relate to who you are as a person. You don't have to give away your address and your social security number to your audience for them to feel connected with you. Do you really need social media to build a following? to build expertise, to be successful. This is something I've been thinking about a lot. And I think lots of other creators and solopreneurs are too. The rote advice that you see from the ultra successful people just doesn't work for most of us. And it doesn't have to. What if I told you there was a better way? As it turns out, today's guest, my friend, and Amazon best-selling author of the book Start a Binge-Worthy Podcast, Crystal Prophet, and I agree. Starting a podcast is a great way to build and grow your business. In today's conversation, we talk about why podcasting is the best way to build expertise and trust, why there aren't too many podcasts, and how you can start a successful one. Plus, in the pro show, we talk about how to do interviews the right way. Look for these top takeaways. Podcasts are a great, intimate way to get your content in the hands of your ideal audience. As Seth Godin puts it, this is the generous act of showing up. Number two, you differentiate your podcast by making sure your audience feels seen and heard. This could and should be through relatable stories and by engaging with your audience through feedback. And finally, the first thing that you should think about before you ever consider which mic to buy is what is your message? Without a message, you don't have a podcast. And again, in the pro show, we talk all about interviewing and my least favorite question, but a question that Crystal doesn't find a problem with, Tell us who are you and what do you do? She will tell you how you can make that question better though. So if you want to hear that conversation ad-free, you can become a member over at howibuilt.it slash join. You can find all of the links that we talk about over at howibuilt.it slash 407. But for now, let's get into the intro and then the interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to How I Built It, the podcast that helps busy solopreneurs and creators grow their business without spending too much time on it. I'm your host, Joe Casabona, and each week I bring you interviews and case studies on how to build a better business through smarter processes, time management, and effective content creation. It's like getting free coaching calls from successful solopreneurs. By the end of each episode, you'll have one to three takeaways you can implement today to stop spending time in your business and more time on your business or with your friends, your family, reading, or however you choose to spend your free time. All right. I am here with my friend, Crystal Prophet. Crystal, how are you today? I'm fantastic, Joe. I'm excited to be chatting with you. How are you? I am great. I was just going to like attack you with a question, but I decided I decided some niceties were in order because partially because it's that time of year as we record this where I'm thinking about sh- the conferences that I should or might be going to. Uh, and I'm, st- I'm on the fence about crafting commerce. And I think this interview with you, because we met there, is going to help probably put me over the edge, right? Uh, unless you tell me you're not going this year. Then I'm like, well, it's... Maybe Joe, I've already, I've already bought my ticket. So see that. So <laughs> I think probably I'm. Um, this yeah. is even better. I'm going and I'm taking my family. So I'm I'm one upping you either way oh, this year dang. because when we went last year, I was just like, it's gorgeous, and we're an outdoor family. So I said, yeah. I'm for sure bringing my husband. He was going to be a must for this trip. And then we were talking. We're like, 
why wouldn't we bring the kids? So we're actually, we're going to Boise for a, a week straight and we are going to enjoy the sights. So I'm just saying, I've already, I've already gone. Like I'm in. So it's, it's you're, on you, you now. Are. It's on you. You're all in. <laughs> uh, now your, your children are a little bit older than my children. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I'm very, uh, I guess by that time I'll have a seven year old and just about a four-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. Yeah. That's pretty uh, young. That's like, you're still a stroller, like some yeah, strollers. Some yeah, like, are, are, stroll, I'm going to be yeah. carrying someone at this point. At some point <laughs> yeah. in the day, I will be carrying a napping yes. child. So, and they're yeah. going to be real mad about it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know that I'll bring the, maybe, you know, maybe I'll bring my wife. It's like there right around our anniversary. <gasps> See, that's like, oh, perfect. Hey, going to Boise for our anniversary. Like, yes, wow. that's perfect. <laughs> like, wait, what are we doing? You're like, Hold on, well, you know, we're, we go check out the green belts, go walk around, yeah. you know, yeah. just, you know, find something fun to do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this portion not brought to you by ConvertKit yet, <laughs> but we'll see about that. Um, <laughs> Crystal, uh, we're both, we uh, both obviously bonded over our loves of, of podcasting. Uh, and anybody who read the title of this episode knows that we're going to talk about why every business owner needs a podcast. Yes. Uh, but let's start a couple of steps behind uh, or before that, right? Uh, with, I think, a problem on the internet these days of establishing expertise. Uh, I have been on the internet a very long time. I had a blog in like 2000 uh, when I was like a teenager and should definitely have not been blogging. Um <laughs> And I remember when blogging blew up and so like long form writing was a thing and SEO was a really important thing. And then like working the every algorithm on social media was a thing. Um, I feel like working the algorithm is no longer an effective thing. So uh, how, how do you view the ability for business owners, especially to establish expertise online today? Well, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but I... Joe and I are in agreement that everyone should have a podcast first and foremost, but it's not really for the reason that everyone thinks. It's not to like have this thing that can go viral and you're going to blow up or get a, you know, a hundred million bajillion dollar deal with Spotify or so like those are literally non-exclusive, non-exclusive. Like these are the unicorns that live in our space. But what I look at and the people that are inside my community are mostly small business owners and they are trying to establish a faster connection with a potential audience or a potential customer. And for me, a podcast, I mean, I can literally pop in my earbuds, go on a walk, and I feel like I am in the room of these thought leaders that are in my industry or people that, you know, celebrities that I've always just want to sit around and know, like, well, what do they think? Like, what kind of coffee do they drink? Or, you know, how do they like to sit down and interact with their friends? So for me, a podcast is an intimate way for you to connect with your people. And I think it's the new business card. Like it used to be, you need to have a website. And of course, everybody, you know, had to create a website. And now today, it's content. And I think that the podcast still reigns like true to being the easiest one to get started because yes, Joe and I, like we're recording video today and we can do all kinds of fancy things behind the scenes. But at the end of the day, you could still just have an audio only podcast and add that to your website, add it to your marketing strategy. And you're going to be so much further ahead than your competition that is just doing a website or maybe a few posts on social media. It just creates a deeper connection. So everyone should have a podcast, like mic drop moment. I think we're done. Like, do we even need to record good. anything else? Cut like, are, it. We, are we good? Cut, <laughs> print. Do we print? <laughs> I think this is really important though, right? Because like you said, something that uh, Seth uh, Godin said many years, like pre-pandemic, so like basically a hundred years ago now, is um, podcasting is the generous art uh, act of showing up. Mm. And I think what you said really uh, drives that point home, right? Because most people are not creating content regularly. They have like two or three like super SEO'd blog posts. Maybe they're like pointing AdSense dollars at them or whatever, but when you podcast, like you show people, hey, I'm here. I am learning and teaching with you. 
uh, and I'm sharing everything in my head with you. And I think that that is the best way to establish expertise and something that podcasting really lends itself well to. A hundred percent. And I, I think about, you know, and what I always teach people is think about your own consumer behavior habits. For me, I will literally work out my entire road trip workout. The next time I'm going to go walk my dog around which podcast I have to listen to in my phone. Like I build habits around which podcast I have available. And I'm like, well, this one's about an hour and a half. Okay. So I can listen Mm -hmm. to the first part on my workout, but then I can listen to the next one when I'm doing dishes or folding laundry. Like these people are in my ears when I am doing the most intimate pieces of my life. And it's why I love it so much. I don't have to sit down and watch my phone. I don't have to, you know, consume it on a a tablet or a TV. I can go about my everyday life still being productive. I can work in the yard. I can do all these Mm -hmm. different things, but still have this intimate connection. So that's what I love about it personally, as someone who consumes a lot of podcasts, maybe we'll have to start podcast listening anonymous one day, but you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it is one of those things that it is that important to establish those habitual relationships with your audience because man, once you have a true podcast fan, there's just no going back. Like they're the real deal. Yeah, absolutely true. So, I mean, the two things you, convenience, right? Yeah. Podcasts are convenient. I'll tell you what, I'm in Jay Klaus's community and uh, I haven't communicated this to to Jay because I don't renew for a while, but I was considering no longer renewing um, or not renewing my membership for another year. I just, I just, you know, there was a point last year where like I was getting too many notifications and like the Circle app was terrible. And so I deleted the Circle app from my phone. And I, so I felt I wasn't engaging in the community enough. And at the beginning of this year, he uh, rolled out Hello Audio and a private feed for all of the members. So any of the video content in the community also made it to podcasts. Guess what? Mm. That single act saved my membership mm-hmm. because, yeah. oh, I get to listen to the town hall instead of having to sit in front of my computer and, and, and watch it. Oh, I get to listen to the latest AMA. I get to listen to the latest workshop. Most of the time, I don't, the visuals are not that important. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, and so... I'll, I'll tell uh, maybe he's listening. Maybe I'll, I'll definitely tell him this <laughs> Pass later. Pass it along. But, um, yeah, like that podcast, like gained him uh, another year renewed yeah. because now I feel engaged with the community again. Uh, so convenience, super important, right? Um, and then habits. This is another thing that I love talking about with people because they're like, well, like how often do I need to publish? And I'm like, you can publish as often as you want or as infrequently as you want. But I'll tell you what, I don't recommend new podcasters uh, publish any less than fortnightly, like every mm-hmm. two weeks, right? Because mm-hmm. um, like if you're doing a month, you can't form a habit. Yeah. You can't get those listeners. To I always tell, you know, people, it's like if you ghost your audience, then you can't be upset if they aren't there when you come back. Like, I think that that's the thing, you know, especially, you know, Joe, I don't know if you're like this, but my husband and I, if we don't have a show to watch, we're like, oh my gosh, like we, we got to find that next show. So we're hungry for content. There's people out there that are hungry for content. So if you aren't publishing on a regular basis and you're not showing up consistently, like consistently, your audience is going to go find someone else because they they are podcast listeners and they, they're hungry for the content that is out there. And if you're not providing it, then they are going to find it somewhere else. And so that's the reality that I often tell people is, you know, stick to consistency, whatever that looks like for you, but just let your audience know. And if you're going to take a break, people always ask me about like, Crystal, I'm feeling burned out. Like, can I take a break? They want permission, first of all, which I'm like, you can do whatever the heck you want, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's your, your show. You show. You yeah. do whatever you want. <laughs> but then I'll tell them, I'm like, that's great if you take a break, but then tell people when you're coming back. 
this is the most important part. And I relate so much of podcasting and YouTube content back to traditional media. And you can kind of see what they do. Like I'm a fan of Grey's Anatomy. Okay. You know, people can say whatever they want about the show. (laughs) I have watched it since I was a senior in high school and I love it so much. I remember getting the DVDs on Netflix, like shipped to my dorm room in college because I was like, I got to catch up on all these seasons because I just, I loved it so much. But they will do this so well. They're like, okay, this is the end, the series finale, but we're coming back on this date. They are Mm -hmm. so specific about telling you when they're coming back because they know their fan base is waiting and they're watching and they want to know, when am I going to see Grace Sloan Memorial and the latest drama that's happening? Is it going to be a gunshot? Is it going to be a bomb? We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen, but we got to tell our fans. So you have to do this with your people too. Did you say Gray Sloan Memorial? Is Gray also the name of the hospital? Yes. Oh, Joe, and, don't go. And don't, we can't character? go down a rabbit hole. We cannot <laughs> right, go fine, down fine. a rabbit hole because we will go. Yes, it's Gray Sloan. It used to be Gray. Like, it's a whole thing. It's a whole gotcha, thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I think we're around the same age. And as a guy, like a teenage guy, I was taught to absolutely hate Gray's and that. Yes. I was like, yes. That and Titanic. I wasn't allowed to like oh either of gosh. those pieces of media. <laughs> Um, oh, we'll <laughs> remain friends, even even though I mean we're gonna. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love Titanic now, obviously, but you know, obviously. Leo's the man. But whatever. <laughs> but uh, so um, I I love that you say this, right? Because uh, you're right. Like like uh, in America, like British TV does whatever they want, basically. Right. But yeah. in America, uh, it's last episode of the season is sometime in May. There's the summer break, and it comes back in September. Right? It's like clockwork. I'll tell you, my wife and I love the TV show Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. And then when they, we were super into it, watched the first four seasons. And then like when they disappeared and we had no idea when they were coming back, we still haven't watched season five. Yeah. I think it's on season five, right? Like we just, we found something else. Yeah. That something else was Ted Lasso. Um, and so, so uh, you're, you're absolutely right about that. And, and there are some exceptions, right? Like when House of the Dragon comes back. Oh, yes. Yes, we will be watching that. But you need to ask yourself, are you, are you making Game of Thrones caliber, early Game of Thrones caliber content? Anybody can make season eight caliber content. But um, you just leave your Starbucks cup in the frame. <laughs> but you've got to ask yourself, like, is, is, is my content so good that I can disappear for a while and people will come back? Yeah. It's it's a tough sell with most things. With right? most things. Like, especially yeah. well, especially, you know, we're talking about these really big, you know, pieces of media that have like a ravenous fan base, right? right. Like they have and huge marketing budgets. Yes, yes. Like yeah. people have like literal tattoos of themselves, or not of themselves, of like they have got, right? Like they've got right. yeah. dragons and all this dire wolves. Yes, yeah. they have all this stuff. Yeah. Like because it's they love it so much. And so if someone's listening to this and they're like, well, I don't have that kind of fan base. Like my, I'm hoping my mom and somebody else, like maybe a cousin or somebody that doesn't have like my direct bloodline will listen to this whenever I launch it. So we get you. Like we totally understand that we're talking about mega, like, you know, once in a lifetime shows that have just, you know, changed media as we know it today. But how does this all relate back to your podcast? Well, they got started. Like, this is the key piece. They put something out there and they kept iterating on it and making it better and making it better. But at the core of all of it was storytelling. And I don't know, Joe, if that's like where you want to go, but that's really the piece that, you know, when when it all comes down to it, how are you going to get people to come back? How are you going to get people to really engage with your content? It's having really incredible stories because with AI coming on the scene, I've already started to see it. Stuff's become pretty bland and it sounds the same. I've been reading these emails and I'm like, oh, this is clearly chat GPT written. <laughs> so if you, you're trying to figure out how am I going to stand out, it's creating that storytelling so that you can create that ravenous fan base that they don't care how long you're gone. They don't care if something happens and you're gone for six months, but if you come back, they're going to be just as excited to see you again. I love that you brought that up because I'm. we're about to get into another question that we hear a lot, right? Which is, aren't there too many podcasts? But before we answer that question, we do need to take a break for our sponsors. Look, when you have an online-based business, speed and reliability are the most important aspects of a service. 
Not far behind that is actually owning the website that your business relies on. When you own your website, you're not subject to an algorithm, changing terms, or accidental shutdowns. That's why I'm so excited that Liquid Web is back as a sponsor of How I Built It this year. Their cloud VPS is some of the best in-class hosting you can get when your business relies on your website. From speed to security and protection to regular backups, with Liquid Web, you can trust your website will remain in tip-top shape. Not technically savvy? Don't worry. Liquid Web offers fully managed hosting, which means they have a team of knowledgeable experts looking after your website for you so you can focus on running your business. If you need fast, reliable, and secure hosting for your business, check out Liquid Web. Head over to howibuilt.it slash liquidweb today. This episode is brought to you by porkbun.com. Look, I've been buying domains for 24 years. And for a long time, that meant a convoluted experience with upsells and exploding prices. But Porkbun is refreshingly different. They've got everything from .com domains to unique ones like .pro, .dev, and .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies, like who is privacy and SSL certificates. Plus, they have AI-generated search results to help find the best available domain name for you. All of these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support 365 days a year and tons of five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers. Sound good? Go to howibuilt.it slash porkbun to get $1 off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name registrar around. Again, that's howibuilt.it slash porkbun. Thanks so much to Porkbun for supporting How I Built It. Hey, real quick before we get back into the episode, I want to tell you about my free newsletter, Podcast Workflows. If you are wondering how I can successfully run this show, plus two other shows, plus run a business, plus run three children, Podcast Workflows is for you. You will get weekly emails with behind-the-scenes look on how I produce this show, experiments I am trying with other podcasts, and general advice to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. You'll also have the opportunity to become a member and get ad-free extended episodes of this show as well as bonus content. You can do all of that over at podcastworkflows.com slash join. That's podcastworkflows.com slash join. Sign up for free today. And we're back. All right. So let's answer this question. Crystal, why aren't there too many podcasts? Why should I start a podcast? There's too many. Uh, This is, uh, first of all, I get this question all the time too, Joe. And I I go back to, so I launched my very first podcast in 2018. Nice. 2018, there was around 500,000 podcasts. Again, everyone's like, what? There's less than a million? Yes, there were less than a million podcasts in 2018. And now, I mean, depending on where you get the number from, it's anywhere between two and five million that are out Mm. there. And everyone's like, it's so saturated. The market is too much. I can't stand out. But then when you tell them the number of how many blogs there are or how many YouTube channels there are, like, I don't even know. I know it's like in hundreds of millions, I think, for possibly both of those. Like it's an insane amount of number. And I just tell people like, no, no, no. Podcasting still gives you the ability to make that intimate connection that we were talking about earlier, but it also gives you so much freedom to do whatever you want, like to define what a podcast is by whatever standard you want. So people will come to me and say, well, I do this live stream show all the time, but that's just going on to YouTube. I can't turn that into a podcast. And I say, wait, hang on one second. Why not? Why can't? Well, that's, it's not a pot. Like I didn't sit down and I didn't, I'm not in a studio, like recording it. It's not the same. And I say, 
you can do whatever you want. It's a podcast. Or someone that says, I want to record quick five-minute notes to my audience from my phone and publish them every Monday through Friday, which I did for three years. It's how I recorded so many episodes of a show that was called The Potty Report. And I just like, no, no, no. You can do whatever you want. It's your podcast. So I want to encourage, again, we already talked about this earlier, everyone to have a podcast and create it in a way that makes sense for them and for their life. And once you get going, that's when you can tweak it and say, okay, now I want to change the audience that I'm talking to or change Mm -hmm. the topic. Or I really found that they love whenever I speak about this one specific thing or have this type of guest. But at the end of the day, we're still in the infancy stages of podcasting, which sounds wild because it's been around for a while, but... There's still so much growth opportunity out there. Yeah, and an artist doesn't know their style until they start painting or whatever, right? Like, yeah. yeah, like if your podcast is the same on episode 200 as it was in episode one, now we have a problem, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Unless it's like super working for you, right? But it's probably not, right? Yeah. The The main goal when you're starting is to start in whatever way works best for you. Uh, And by the way, there are 113.4 million YouTube channels. Wow. uh, As of December 5th, 2023, uh, which is up 20 something percent from 2021. So uh, no one's saying, are there too many YouTube channels, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. No one's saying, are there too many books, right? New books get published daily. No one's like, hey, maybe we have too many of these, right? There. There are going to be good books and bad books, and there's going to be a way to differentiate uh, any kind of content you make, right? And so I I really love what you said here about starting. Do what works best for you, um, and then you can always evolve, Not especially on the internet. Like, nothing is set in stone, yeah. right? You're not printing a book. It doesn't need to be perfect and proofread and edited before it goes to print. You are creating audio files that... You can evolve over time and go back and change what, like if you if you really want, right? If there's one episode you hate and you want to re-record it, you can do that too. Yeah. And I think about just podcast listeners in general. You won't find many that say, oh, I only listen to one podcast and that's the only thing. No, are you kidding me? I listen, I'm subscribed to like 40 plus podcasts at this point. And now I don't listen to every single one of them every week or when new content comes out, but I don't discriminate against podcasts. Like if I find a good one and it has awesome content, maybe I listen to it for a few months and it serves its purpose purpose, or maybe that podcaster introduces me to five other podcasts that I need to go listen to. Like, it's not this crazy competitive landscape where there's only, you know, Joe Rogan is the only one. He's the king of podcasting and no one else can be here. The lowly peasants, you know, like, no, 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 no. Like there's room for all of us out here. And I have found that you know, even in my own podcast listening, like I, I just, I, I love it. Like I give me more, give me more of all the things, whether it's for my personal life, it's for my business, it's helping me become a better leader. There's just so many different ways that you can slice like what a podcast means for a listener, but it by no means means that people only listen to one for sure. Yeah, definitely. And it's not a zero sum game, right? Like, yeah. I'll tell you, like, this podcast is called How I Built It. It came out in July 2016. In October 2016, a podcast from NPR called How I Built This came out. Uh, and people are like, why didn't you change your name? Oh, were, were you benefiting from uh, brand confusion? And I'm like, y'all, if people were looking for an interview with Michael <laughs> Dell and they found me talking to some random WordPress developer... They weren't sticking around, right? <laughs> yeah. You you're you're not walking into like a Motel Six thinking it's the Ritz Carlton, right? <laughs> like, um, oh, this is definitely not where I want to be. Um, and so I know my show took off again. I started in 2016, so uh, less than 500,000 podcasts. I don't know how many were around then, but um, it took off pretty well. So even if I was Let's say people were finding my show looking for the NPR show. They weren't starting it and then leaving, mm-hmm. right? Because I saw sustained growth 
for a long time, which means that people liked both or people found me and decided to stick around. Yeah. Right? It's it's not a zero-sum game. So, and I, I suspect if NPR thought I was stealing their audience, they I, I would have gotten a cease and desist, right? Yeah. You, you would have heard something by now. I, I would promise have heard you something that. From someone, <laughs> they did, they got the trademark for the name, uh, Bef- like before I even realized I should have done that. Yeah. Right. And but it was like a year after both of us launched. I'm like, man, I could have got this trademark. Um I couldn't have. Even if we applied at the same time. NPR I think has a little bit more money than I do. But uh <laughs> I do th- I do think about that from time to time. Um so okay, so that said, there are a lot of podcasts, right? There's a lot of content. I uh I interviewed uh, I had an interview last year where we talked about our competition is not other podcasters or other YouTubers. It's literally everything, right? Mm-hmm. We are, and this is what uh, Reed Hastings, Reed Hastings, uh, the um, CEO of Netflix says and understands, right? Mm-hmm. Netflix isn't competing with Peacock or HB or Max or Disney Plus. They are competing with sleep, mm-hmm. right? With anything else that takes up our time. Yeah. And so, uh, it's it's the same, right? At night, somebody can choose to listen to a podcast or read a book or watch a movie or play a video game. So how how do we differentiate our podcasts uh, from other content and how do we make it so people want to come back? Oh, what a great question. I think the thing that I have found that works really well for me is making sure my audience feels seen and they feel heard. And, and, Maybe you've heard a version of that, you know, in a marketing seminar or, you know, listening to, you know, something out there in the ether. But for me, what that means is when I listen to a podcast that I'm obsessed with and I hear someone call me out by name. Now, I know you can't do this for everybody, but when I hear my name, I'm like, whoop hang on, mm-hmm. like stop me in my tracks. Hang on. I submitted to be on, uh, ask a question on the Office Ladies podcast, which was incredible. I didn't expect nice. this to happen, but you bet your bottom dollar. I was on my walk, my morning walk, and I was going and it was like, oh, this question is from Crystal in Houston, Texas. And I was like, oh, what just happened? What's it? Hang on. This is, ha-. and my heart sped up. And I mean, I was walking, I wasn't running. So I was like, oh my yeah. God, I feel like I'm running a marathon right now. I freaked <laughs> out because they were reading the question that I submitted and they answered it. And they're like, thank you so much, Crystal, for your question. And I was like, I could die right now. This is amazing. Because I'm such a huge Office fan. It was my favorite yeah. podcast at the time. But it goes back to finding ways to engage with your audience and make them feel seen and heard. So that's like an example on like, you know, a super level of having, you know, this giant show and being called out by name. But the way that I do this on my podcast is I will read questions that are relevant to my audience. Or I say, hey, you know, several of you have asked in our free Facebook group, or I got an email about this the other day, or, you know, I've seen this in the news. Let's talk about it. Let's break it down. I talked about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift in, you know, an episode that I did, and I was comparing it about all of a sudden his podcast shot up, Mm -hmm. you know, to number one in Apple because of all the things that were going on publicity-wise. So, there's ways that you could bring relevancy to your audience, but you cannot forget about them. There's so many creators that they turn on the mic and they just want to hear themselves talk. And I'm like, you know, you can do that without a mic. Like you, you really, yeah. you don't need a mic to do that. You can yeah. just start talking, but don't yeah. forget about your audience. This is the key piece. How can you bring something that really makes them feel seen and feel heard and bring it all back down to their level and their reality that they're living? I love that. Uh, I want to take one step back, right? Because I think a lot of podcasters, a lot of people, uh, I want to. Ho- I want to give our ben- our business owner listeners the benefit of the doubt here, but I think a lot of podcasters don't really know who their audience is, mm, mm-hmm. and so I think this is really important. Uh, you know, I talk about uh, creating the the mission statement, right, or crafting your ideal listener avatar, which is terminology I stole from. I heard it from Amy Porterfield, but there's a, a bunch of marketers, right? Ideal customer avatar. Um, you can't you can't make your audience feel heard uh, if you don't know who your audience mm-hmm. is, right? Mm-hmm. 
so how do how do you how do you go about defining your audience? Oh, this is so good. So a lot of people that I talk to, their audience when they're first getting started, typically and I I deal with a lot of people that are online business owners mm-hmm. or you know they have uh they want to create content around something that's relevant to their life or their business. So typically their ICA, you know, their ideal customer avatar is a version of themselves, mm-hmm. maybe from 6 months ago, maybe from 5 10 years ago, yeah. but they're asking, well what are the things I wish I would have known when and that's where they start creating content, which is fantastic. I think that that is a great place to start. You know people are already asking these questions and you're the subject matter expert that can give them the knowledge that they need. But once you get past that initial stage and you're looking at your numbers and you're like, oh, there's consistently people hanging out here. Like they're, you know, they're showing up every week. I keep publishing. They keep showing up. This is super cool. That's when you need to start getting creative with how can you reach out and establish a connection with them? And if you don't have an email list or you don't have a free Facebook group, you don't have a big social, because this is what people will tell me, I don't have any of those things. I'm just Mm -hmm. getting, I have zero right now. I'm just getting started. Well, if you know people are listening to your podcast, that is how you reach them. You give them an opportunity to send you an audio clip that says, hey, I'm taking questions and I'm going to answer them on the show. Here's my, you know, speak pipe or pod inbo- pod inbox. I forgot. They just rebranded their fans. Oh, yeah, now. right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Sam Sethi's <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> that one. I'm like, I cannot remember what they just rebranded to, but having a way. Fan list. Yeah, fan, fan list. list. That's yeah. what it is. That's what it is. So shout yeah. out Pat. He does fantastic things over there. But just having the ability to capture their thoughts, you can literally give them your email address and say, this is my email address. Send me a message. I want to hear from you and let them know the benefit. The benefit of them doing that is you answering their question. If they have a question, you're literally gonna answer it directly to them, but also it helps them, again, feel seen and feel heard. So get creative on how you can connect with your audience. And then in the future, as your audience grows, I do formal surveys a few, to like once or twice a year while we'll send out a Google form and say, hey, you know, are we still, you know, meeting your expectations? What can we do better? And from there, you get so many other ideas on, content that you can create or how you can improve your show. I love that. I want to make a quick stack correction because uh, fan list is not Sam Sethi's thing. True fans, which is something that Sam Sethi just uh, uh, rebranded himself. So two things happened. I got, I got my wires crossed. So um, so thanks for like that. The, you shouted out Pat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's not, that's not Sam. So anyway, quick stack correction there. Um, I think that's really smart, right? Dickie Bush came on the show a while ago and said, if you don't know what to write, write for yourself two years ago. And I think that's mm-hmm. really good. I think if you do find your, you have listeners, right? Get people like on your mailing list or, um, or on uh, into a, a Facebook group or, you know, wherever you hang out, wherever your audience hangs out. Uh, which is, I feel like a problem I'm always trying to figure out. Like, where is my audience? Um, yeah. So I, I think that's really smart. And then something else that you mentioned, right? Once you know who they are, uh, you can create content to make them feel unheard and you can tell good stories, right? Mm-hmm. And this is this is the thing that I'm like super bullish on this year. Uh, you mentioned Taylor Swift. I wrote, I did an episode and wrote a long form blog post about this, about the importance of digital storytelling. And I Mm -hmm. broke down all too well, the 10 minute version uh, by Taylor Swift, because I think it's a masterclass in storytelling, just like the imagery she uses and the journey she takes us on. And I think if you're just having a raw interview, um, you're going to have a hard time differentiating your podcast from other podcasters. I think mm-hmm. at this point, people, just like you, right, with YouTube, back in the day, you could just like turn a camera on and talk to it. And that was like an yeah. amazing thing. Uh, and and so like you could get big doing that, right? Um, now people want a little more from their content, whether it's podcasts or YouTube and, and telling a story is a really good way to to stand out. Yeah. I And I think, you know, it it comes back to, how can you connect 
It's like, I, I, I won't listen to something. I actually, and I'm not going to name the name. I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks recently. Mm. And I, so uh, the shout out to all the local libraries, like go to your local library, get a library card, yes. go download the Libby app and you so can listen good. to free audiobooks. Oh my God. I've already devoured so many this year, but I'm like, okay. Cause I'm like, I listen to too many podcasts. I need to also like listen to some books. So this is what I'm doing. But I turned on one and it was, he's a famous podcaster. He's a best-selling author. You know, I was just like, okay, I know I'll I'll love this. I know that I will love this. And I started listening to it and I was like, I can't do this. And I don't know what exactly it was about it, but something turned me off right from the beginning of listening to his book. And I was like, well, maybe it's just because it's an older book. I'm going to turn on this other one because he's written multiple books. And I turn on this other one. And I still could not do it. And I'm like, what is it? Why can I not listen to this? So I say all of this because it will happen. And it's one of those things that you don't necessarily have to figure out why people love your show or they don't like your show. What you have to figure out is what will keep your audience coming back and don't worry about the people. Because I promise you, this guy, he's not worried about me. He's like, oh, right. look, someone someone may have started and stopped, but, but we don't care. You know, right. I'm worried about these 5,000 other people that listened to my book. They gave me a fantastic review. They're telling me the next things that I should write for them or create for them. So there will always be like this love-hate relationship with content that's out in the world. But at the end of the day, what I always tell people to focus on is who are the people that consistently come back and add in the storytelling piece? Who are the people that you can connect with and give them a shout out on your show or tell their story on your podcast? Like give them the spotlight because I think that's the beautiful thing as content creators, we've been given this stage or we've created one and we're able to showcase other creators in an incredible way. Yeah, this is great. This, what you just said made me think about uh, a book. I won't name names. I did <laughs> drop a name in the chat here in Squadcast. Um, but I was reading his book and it was like riddled with, uh, with typos. Mm. And mm. it's best-selling book. Yeah. Real popular guy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, this is unreadable to me. Yeah. Like the <laughs> fact that he didn't hire an editor makes uh-huh. me think that he doesn't care about mm-hmm. this book. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know what? People love it. Yeah. They yep. they quote it it's like it's raw. the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. It's a right? raw book. It's a raw book. He just wanted to get the information out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and so not not I'm not his audience, right? Yeah. Like I I prefer the attention to detail even if some of my blog posts have typos from time to time. Um if if there's a typo in one of my books, I like I hate it. Cuz I know like <laughs> I missed it like 3 times and two two copy editors and a tech editor also missed it, mm-hmm. right? Because like that's the book writing process, but yeah. it kills me. Um, now I will say, right? Uh, something you said about allowing creators to tell their stories. Um, I was on Crystal's podcast, the Profit what Podcast. Is? I will link it in the show notes. You can find all of the show notes over at howibuilt.it/slash four oh seven. Um, and I believe I'm going to say I did this because this has been my move lately. But I I told a story about. How I had a panic attack. Does this sound familiar? I think this is right. I try to remember. I'm like, oh, <laughs> tell it again. Tell it again, Joe. <laughs> uh, but I th- <laughs> it's really important here, right? Because like I'm a I am a parent of three small children. Yes. And this was in the middle of the pandemic, and my wife is a nurse, and I was trying to run a business and have a podcast and make ends meet and also be a basically a full time stay at home dad, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had uh, it was. November 2020, my son had just, number two of three had just been born. And uh, I had a three-year-old at home as well. And I had a panic attack because Mm -hmm. it just got too stressful. Like everything got too stressful. And uh, my daughter, again, three at the time, brought a towel over and a bottle of water and said, it's going to be okay, daddy. And I'm like, this is not okay to me. And I tell that story in the greater context. Usually when I go on podcasts is to talk about podcast automation of this was 
the transformational moment for me, mm-hmm. right? And I could just say, yeah, I was spending too much time on my business and like I was yeah. working late. But that story hopefully draws more people in and yeah. makes them relate to me more, especially people who have small kids, right? Yeah. Who are like struggling to run their business. Um, and so uh, I will say a number of people joined my mailing list, from, like specifically from your show. They're like, hey, just heard you on Crystal's podcast. You were great. So yeah, um, yeah so I, that's the power of having a good story. One that relates to your audience. And that is, that is how you can differentiate yourself. Yeah. And I also want to, because I know that there's some people that are like, oh, dang, Joe has a good story. Crystal has a story. Like, I don't have a story. Like, they're, they start freaking out when they hear this. Because yeah. I remember I kind of freaked out whenever I heard people saying, you know, you need to add story. Because they're like, I don't really know what, quote, like, storytelling means. I don't really understand what that is. And I will tell people that it, it could be a throwaway comment that is still a story that connects your audience. So one thing I always tell people, this happened two years ago. I was in the middle. This was a highly promotional episode. Like I'll throw that out. Like I was selling stuff. I wasn't just like, (laughs) oh, this is whatever. Like my intention for that episode was to sell an affiliate program that I was trying to get people to sign up with me. And in that episode, I had a throwaway. It was around the holidays. And I said, oh my gosh, I was just in my closet. I was, you know, speed wrapping all these, you know, gifts that I hadn't had a chance to do. And I was watching Emily in Paris in the closet of my floor. And I was listening (laughs) to podcasts. That one comment, that's all it was. It was a less than 30 second story of me saying, one about how I'd procrastinated so long about gift wrapping and I was in the floor of my closet and I was binge watching Emily in Paris. Like this was my Sunday or whatever day of the week it was. I had several people, I actually had this one woman reach out to me and say, oh my gosh, I felt so seen when you talked about gift wrapping, you're, you know, and you were binge watching Emily in Paris. So it doesn't have to be this like crafted thing. It could just be these throwaway comments that help your audience relate to who you are as a person. You don't have to give away your address and your social security number to your audience for them to feel connected with you. It's those little pieces of how you can relate to them. You could talk about your almond milk latte that you drink every day at 1.30 p.m. because the caffeine addicts out here, like, we need it, okay? We need it. And this is how we get through the day. Let's just call it what it is. So it could be (laughs) anything like that. But talk about those pieces that will help your audience connect with you. Yeah, this is such amazing advice. I don't know that we've touched on on this show before, but I get that question too. Like, my life is boring. How do I find good stories? Brian Regan has a bit about like the guy who walked on the moon is like the the ultimate story topper, right? Like he could be anywhere. And uh, I say the the guy who walked on the moon, like we don't know who it is. Um, But, uh, you know, he'll be somewhere at a party and they'll be like, oh, you think that's cool? I walked on the moon. (laughs) Uh, You don't need to have walked on the moon to tell a good story, right? It could be just like like Crystal said, right? Like relatable. Mm Almond milk, like I heard almond milk latte and I'm like, I prefer oat milk, but almond milk's good too, you know? Uh, So um, it's something to like make it seem like you're you're human, right? And I think that this is, people hear the Joe Rogans and the Dak Shepherds and the huge podcasters who are making so much money and they feel like they need to get to that point to be able to relate. Mm -hmm. But there are people a couple steps behind you, right? who you can help, who can relate to you. And that, if you can illustrate that in a podcast, you're going to be golden. A hundred percent. And I, I mean, I'm Dax and Monica are my people and I love them so much. I'm a huge arm cherry. I love armchair expert. Yeah. But if you look at what they do, they are just unabashedly themselves. Mm -hmm. That's at the core of why their show is so successful. It's not a front. It's not this huge production. I love when, you know, if if you haven't listened to the show, they'll have guests come on and they're like, really? Like, this is it? Like, like there's (laughs) wires hanging out everywhere in this attic and there's a bathroom right around the corner and there's no door. Like, can, can we really, like, is that usable? Like, there's so many things and it's why I love it so much. It's because it's not this show 
showy thing of, you know, hey, let's have this fancy studio and let's, you know, throw millions of dollars at this. They're like, let's just turn on a mic and like get real and have real conversations. And it's why I'm a true fan. And I know that that's why people listen to my show is because I'm just real. I'm raw. I make mistakes. I will call myself, I will be in the middle of making a mistake and call myself out and say, and I'm not going to edit that out because that's the type of show that I have. And again, everybody's show is going to be different. Your expectations or your standards could be so different than mine. But at the end of the day, be yourself and your audience will find you. They will absolutely find you. And that is how you can stand out from the other podcasts that may be in your niche or in your industry. Yeah, I I love that. And I'm going to share a story that I think I refrained from sharing on your show. Um, But we got connected, uh, weird to say, via Amy Porterfield, right? Like she was doing a meet and greet (laughs) at Craft & Commerce. I don't know her really, uh, but you do. And and this is how we got connected. And I, um, I listened to Amy's show religiously for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And then she had an episode that was like, how we made $10 million with a Facebook launch. And that lost me for a while because I was like, I can't relate to this even a Mm -hmm. little bit. Um, And and then like meeting her at Craft and Commerce and like, um, I was sitting there thinking, she she doesn't need to do this. Yeah. Like she doesn't need to do this. And like, from what I understand, like she doesn't feel particularly comfortable doing things like that. And that was like, that like remade me a fan. Like a, mm-hmm. a a bigger, obviously I went to the meet and greet because I was a fan already. But um, that like, that was a like a real moment, right? And like that, I thought that was so cool because like she had no other speaker did that. I mean, Nathan Barry's hanging around at his conference. But like, you know, I didn't see like Sahil Bloom, like and not to call anybody out, obviously, but like I didn't, I didn't see every speaker doing a meet and greet or hanging out with a bunch of people. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. And like things like that, that, that make you real, make you relatable and create those, those true fans. A hundred percent. And I, I'm so glad you brought up Amy. I mean, she's had so much to do with my journey. She was actually the one that encouraged me to go all in on coaching for podcasting back in 2018. Shoot, I had already started podcasting and it was actually, it was 2019. I had this opportunity to get a one-on-one coaching session with her. And we were talking about, I was like, I'm helping these people do their podcasts, but really I have this show that's doing this other thing. I don't know if I should do it. And then she was like, Crystal, there's not a lot of female leaders in the space doing this. You should absolutely do this. So I always say she lovingly pushed me off the cliff. No, and she pulled my ripcord, right? She pulled she pulled the shoot out yeah, for me. Yeah. She was like, good luck. Bye. And she's waving at the top of the hill. And I'm like, wait, I didn't, what happened? I didn't agree to this. But, you know, she does this so well in sharing pieces of her story. To your point, I think that she has crossed, I mean, she just hit a hundred million dollars in her yeah. business and yeah. we're like, uh, bye. <laughs> we don't, <laughs> we, we're still down here. We're still, you know, doing the things. Yeah. We're totally not on the same level, but it's really interesting to see when people fall in love with her again and again and again, it's because she publicly makes a mistake or she does something so graceful that she's like, oh my gosh, I totally screwed up. And she owns it. And she says, this is who I am. Like that has repeatedly been her brand. And I think that's why you, why I, like we just keep following her because the story writes itself and her, you know, going on this entire journey. And I think it's, it comes back to telling stories, being honest to your brand and who you are and really listening to your audience and continuing to serve them and staying consistent in that original message that you start with. That's not to say that you can't pivot or you can't do something else in the future, but the blend that, you know, I love that Amy has done over the years is saying, we're going to have email marketing, we're going to have online business, we're going to have courses, and we're going to blend them all together and you know, throw them all in a blender and see what we come out with. And I think that you can absolutely do that with your podcast content whenever you have that connection with your audience, because she knows that that's what people need. And she mm-hmm. knows that that's what she can create and sell to them. And I think other podcasters can do the same. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. And like, I mean, to your point, like, uh, 
I guess like I should add a chapter marker here to be like, oh, we gush about Amy Porterfield for a minute. But, yeah. um, you know, she she's really open about yep. what she's doing and what she's working on and what she's experimenting with. And that is another like real thing that I love because you see other influencers who are like, here's how to make a million dollars online. Come yeah. up with a good idea. People sell it themselves. But that was a real tweet. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, you know that's not true. Like, you know that's not true. Because you have made a million dollars online and that's not what you did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so like that's just like how to grow a huge, uh, a brand new YouTube channel uh, really fast. Number one, do this. But like number zero is always like be as big as I am right now. Right. Like have millions of people who will follow you wherever you go. Mm -hmm. And um. You know, I never get those vibes from yeah. from Amy and like other, you know, other creators too. I think like Jay Klaus is there um, and and Justin Moore and a couple other people like that. But um, yeah, it's like that is the kind of thing that differentiates, right? Is not trying to sound like all the other people. Yeah. And, and being true to yourself. I love that. Um, we got super deep here in act two of our story. Um, so let's move on to act three. Uh, I guess this is like a, this is one of those stories where I'm breaking the fourth wall. Um, how, hopefully by this point, the people who have been listening to us for uh, nearly an hour uh, are convinced, right? That they should have a podcast. Um, or maybe they have one and they're just like not quite ready to launch and tell people about it. But let's let's get down to basics. How do I start a podcast? What are maybe the, you know, I'm sure we both have tons of guides on this. Let's talk about the two or three crucial things that we need to do to start a podcast. Well, I can tell you that if we're going with two or three, none of them have to do with equipment. And oh, people are like, oh, wait, what mic oh, though? No, no, no. We're not talking about equipment. That is, that should not be the number one concern because people will come to me and they're like, well, I want to start a podcast. Because the people in my audience, and I'm calling them out, so we're breaking the seventh wall here. Like, we're hopping over to other podcasts, and I'm calling my audience out because I do it all the time. I'm like, I will give you some coaching. Like, It's like a coaching drive-by. Like, I will give you unsolicited podcast advice, but if you're listening to my show, it is solicited, okay? So here's, here's what I will tell them. The equipment only matters after you have a message. And after you have an audience and you know the topic that you're speaking about. So those would be the three things is the message, your audience, and your topic. You know, your topic and your message could be one and the same. But at the end of the day, you have to have something that will sustain just you putting an episode out into the world. Anybody could record something one time and publish it, right? We see mm-hmm. TikToks and Instagram. Like, right. that's literally what that is, is you could right. publish one thing and just let it go and see what happens. But an actual podcast is something that you have to commit to. You have to commit and say, I will show up on the consistency, whatever you have decided, but having a topic or a message that you can speak confidently about, or maybe it's one of those that you're like, no, I'm actually going into this as a beginner and I'm going to learn alongside my audience. I think that's a beautiful way to do it too, but you have to have at least an idea of what you want to accomplish and the audience that you want to speak to. So to your early question, you know, Joe, about how do I stand out and what does that look like? The thing that I see a lot of people doing is they don't niche down enough and they're like, oh, I'm going to have a real estate podcast. I always pick on realtors for whatever reason. Like it's not, it's not like a harsh thing. Like I don't, I just, y'all come to mind. It's there. I grab it. Here we are. But you know, real estate agents are like, well, I want to start a podcast, but I don't know how to stand out. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't know how to stand out. Where are you selling real estate? What kind of real estate are you selling? What kind of people do you, what are the only clients that you want to work with? Don't Mm -hmm. talk to everybody that could be buying land or renting or doing VRBOs or what like talk to the specific commercial property people that you want to deal with whatever that specific like get so strategic about the people that you want to talk to 
And then later on, you can decide, well, maybe I needed niche down more or niche up, but you got to find that initial audience that you want to talk to. And then from there, that's when you can really get going with planning and deciding, well, what, you know, what are the first topics, the interviews, the questions, all, what am I going to call it? But at the end of the day, having your topic or your message figure that out, whiteboard it, get a Google Doc, whatever you have to do, ask ChatGPT to help you make it look pretty, whatever. But have that figured out as well as the initial audience that you want to talk to. And so much of it will get discovered or uncovered in that process. And you'll be able to at least have a starting point to get your podcast off the ground. That is far and away the best advice I think you could have given here. Like it's Absolutely true. Anyone can record one thing one time. That's so true. And like we hear constantly, right? Going viral means almost nothing, Mm. right? People who have had tweets that have gone viral or TikToks that have gone viral, they didn't immediately have an influx of new clients, right? Or even new sponsorships, right? Going viral one time is is not a business sustaining thing, right? If anything, it puts way more pressure on you to like recreate the magic. Um, the thing that I did think of when you said anybody can record one thing one time is, uh, in Scrubs when JD had his tape recorder and, uh, he was recording his thoughts and then he just goes, I like toast. <laughs> well, they're not all going to be winners. <laughs> and I, I just <laughs> made me think of that. Um, and not niching down enough. I'm going to tell, this is a real story uh, of this podcast, super niche in the beginning, right? I talked to WordPress developers about their successes and failures launching a plug, essentially a plug-in business, but really any WordPress-related business, but WordPress developers specifically. Um, and then I thought, oh, I want to expand my audience. So I'm just going to talk to WordPress business owners. Oh, and you know what? I'm going to talk to business owners now. When I did that, my downloads tanked. Yeah. Right? I betrayed my audience. I Game of Thrones season aided them. Uh, <laughs> and then I had started to make a career change from WordPress into podcasting and the creator space. And so I was like, all right, I better start niching down again. I'm going to talk to solopreneurs, creators and mm-hmm. solopreneurs, busy mm-hmm. solopreneurs, busy solopreneurs with small children who were really busy mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and you know what? My, my, Downloads went above and beyond what they were uh, before the big crash of, we'll say, 2019. So uh, niching down, a lot of people will say, if I'm not, how small is too small or how niche is too Mm -hmm. niche, right? I want to talk to as many people as possible. You don't. Like we've been Mm -hmm. saying this whole time, like Crystal's been saying this whole time, you want to create fans, And you can't create fans if you're talking to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think about the shows that have, you know, tens of millions of downloads a month. Well, what will happen with them is they now have a commodity audience where Mm -hmm. they want to buy tickets to a show or they want to buy a t-shirt, they want to buy swag. All of that stresses my brain out. I'm like, yeah. inventory? No, thank you. Right. Ugh, hosting live events? Uh, no, not in my budget right now. So it's like all of those things I have no interest in. But what if I served you an audience tomorrow? Maybe it was a hundred dedicated listeners, but every single one of them wanted to buy your $5,000 membership that you do every single year. Uh, now it's interesting. Now it's a $500,000 business that you could have tomorrow based on a podcast. So it doesn't matter the size of your audience as much as how engaged is your audience? How much are you really connecting with them? If you were to throw up, hey, you know, I'm going to be in this one city where I know I have the most listeners of all the places where people are tuning in and I'm going to do a meetup. How effective would that be? How cool would that be to connect with these people that have been going on this journey with you? So I really encourage people to get away from this comparison trap of, you know, these big shows or other people in their industry and really focus on just make the connection with your audience. Those other audiences don't matter as much as you connecting with the people that are listening to you on a consistent basis. 
I really love what you've been saying here. Uh, now, uh, you you help people with podcasting, right? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that as we wrap up the show here? Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I would love for everybody. We've already been talking about, you know, podcasting was made for everyone to go check out. So I would love for you to come check out the Profit Podcast. Go listen to Joe's episode first. That will be the one where you can start with all the, you know, processes and automation and all the goodies that he dropped over there. It was such an incredible episode. But I also help people with, uh, I have one-on-one coaching and also a program called Profit Podcasting. And it's really created for, I mean, people that we've been talking to today that are trying to start a podcast, but I'm finding more and more, and I'd be curious to hear if this is kind of your audience too, Joe, is people coming to me saying, I've been podcasting for a while and I don't think I did it right. Or I'm not seeing the growth that I thought I would. And I don't know how to fix it. Like, I don't know if it's my messaging. I don't know if it's the audio. I don't know if it's this. I don't know if it's that. So my program really focuses on helping those of you that have started a podcast, but you're trying to figure out like, what is it? Like, what is the piece that I need to go back? Because some of it is basic marketing. Sometimes it's messaging. Sometimes it's just the cadence of you're trying to spend your wheels and you're not happy. You don't love it. My goal mm-hmm. is for people to love their podcast, not just create it and eventually burn out. It's to love it so much. You're excited every time you sit down in the chair. So I would love for you to come check it out. You can go to crystalprofit.com forward slash course to check out my program. Yes. And that's uh, crystal with a K, profit, uh, P-R-O-F-F-I-T-T. Yes. Uh, so I'll, I'll link all of that in the show notes, including my episode. Yes. Um, over at howibuilt.it slash 407. That's howibuilt.it slash 407. Um, this has been fantastic. In the pro show, we're going to talk about interviewing our, our good stories, our bad stories, maybe a couple of tips for good interviews. Um, but uh, Crystal, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is I'm happy to chat with you anytime. We always have so much fun. So thank you, Joe. Yes, agreed and likewise. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks to our sponsors. Be sure again to become a member. Uh, you can find the link over at howibuilt.it slash 407. Or if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, you can just hit that subscribe button right, right in the app, right in the app. Uh, but thank you. Thank you so much. And until next time, get out there and build something. <laughs>